Welcome back to the Learning to Sit Still podcast. I want to thank you for listening. And if this is your first time joining me, welcome. I am so glad you could be here today. Be sure to hit that subscribe button so you never miss an episode. And if you have an extra moment, would you consider leaving a review? It only takes a few moments and helps others find this podcast. If you are looking for some good resources for deepening your faith, just visit sitstillmydaughter.com to see what is available for you. I also have a link in the show notes that allows you to donate to this ministry. Your support helps this ministry in continuing to encourage the hearts of women with the truth of God's word. Also, in case you missed the announcement, the spring 2023 issue of the Sit Still My Daughter magazine is now available for purchase in digital format. That link will be in the show notes. However, there is a chance to get a limited edition print copy, but you have to email or direct message me on social media to let me know you would like one. Unfortunately, this will be the final issue of the magazine. Recent circumstances have made it necessary to make this decision, and although I will miss producing and designing this magazine, I know that the Lord has only good things in store, and this is an opportunity to just sit still and trust Him to lead me in the next step. Thank you for supporting me and for making these past three years possible. I will still be producing the podcast as well as writing for the blog. Only the magazine will be retiring. Again, if you would like to have a printed copy of the spring edition, please email me at learningtositstill at gmail.com or message me. For today, I want to take a different approach in studying the Daughters of Eve, and instead of diving into their backgrounds and stories, I just want to share some simple lessons from these three women from Persia. I would say that we are familiar with them as they are all found in the book of Esther. All three have made appearances in movies and sermons with various presentations and representations. But let's begin with Vashti, the queen whose actions set off a snowball effect for the entire kingdom. While sometimes presented as rebellious and stubborn for refusing to heed the king's command, I have heard a few pastors cast her in a different light, with one even titling his message of royal queen and a rotten king. I think it is important to understand the why behind the no. Her husband, King Ahasuerus, has been partying for quite some time, so you can only imagine what the atmosphere was like in the banquet hall, let alone the condition of the men. It does seem that Vashti was doing her best to protect the ladies by hosting a separate banquet for them. Her husband's demand was for her to enter in like a trophy and show off her looks to a bunch of drunken men, with some commentators saying she was only to come wearing the crown. It took courage to say no to the king. She understood the risk she was taking, but she refused to yield. There was another woman who should have said no to the king, yet she didn't, and it resulted in the death of both her husband and the child born later from the affair. Bathsheba could have taken a lesson from Vashti in this case. This queen's courageous no is a great reminder for us to be willing to have the courage to say the same word when the need arises. We must be unyielding in our standards, no matter who is doing the asking and no matter the cost. God will honor those who stand firm in his commands, and it will be a testament to those around us, both lost and saved. Remember those three Hebrew boys, Hananiah, Azariah, and Mishael, more commonly known as Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. 
the ones who refuse to bow the knee before a golden idol. Their refusal to bend resulted in a king along with an entire nation witnessing a miracle. We may never know how much of an impact our choice to do right may have on others, but we can be assured of one thing. It delights the heart of our king. May we be women who refuse to give in, to compromise what we know is right, and have the courage to say no, no matter the cost. Now, let's move on to the life of Esther. Of course, she too has been the subject of countless sermons, books, and some of the most famous lines can be seen on wall art and notebooks. But I want to take a slightly different angle and talk about some other lessons from her life. While the book bears her name, Esther has very little control over her own life. She was rounded up with many other virgins, sent into the king's chamber, and made queen. This made me think about my own life and how it is not my own. It was bought with a price, a precious price, and I am not to live life for me, but to the honor and glory of my king. Yet how often do I actually live that way? Our own culture tells us to do what we love and don't let anyone tell you how to live your life. Yet this is not what the Bible teaches, nor the example Christ gave us. He yielded his own life to the Father's plan, even though it would lead to the cross. We must learn to yield our own life to the Father, to follow the path he has planned for us because we know that it is a good path and one that leads to living an honoring and glorifying life for him. I pray we are women who remember that our life is not our own. We are bought with a price and the life we now live, we live for the one who died for us. Another lesson from Esther is how she made an appeal. Her life and the life of all her people has been threatened with annihilation, yet her approach to the king was one of grace and composure. Yes, I know that in some ways it was dictated by the fear of the king's ability to kill her on the spot, but think back to that fateful moment. The king has extended the golden scepter and added that she could ask whatever she want, even to half his kingdom, yet she chose not to bring her request at that moment. When she finally does at the second feast, it is with a calm demeanor. There is no shrieking, crying, or any dramatic flair. I have always, always admired her for this. So often, women are labeled as overdramatic and using tears to get what they want, but not Esther. She presented the facts to her king and turned the tide. I want to be like that, a woman who is composed even when under tremendous pressure, who doesn't lose her cool but exercises self-control with all of her emotions. I also want to be a woman who brings her request before her king respectfully instead of a demanding spirit. May we all be women who seek to exercise control in our behavior and attitude when speaking to others. I believe that we will make a greater impact and reflect our faith in the Lord that makes a difference in our world. And one last lesson from Esther is the scene between her and her cousin Mordecai when he stood at the gate tearing his clothes. She immediately reacted to his cry, even sending some new clothes for him. Of course, he could not be consoled by anything except a promise that she would enter the king's presence and plead on their behalf. But I, I love how compassionate she was. She saw his pain and grief and wanted to immediately do something. Yet how many times have we been guilty of turning a blind eye to others? It takes intention to look beyond ourselves and see someone else's need, but it is one of the best ways to show the love of Jesus. When people see how much we care, it makes a permanent memory. We may forget a name, 
or even a face, but a kind, compassionate deed can never be erased. I pray that we will seek to become women of intentional compassion, that we take the time to look beyond ourselves and care for the needs of others, and they're making a difference for eternity. And our final woman from Persia is Zeresh, the wife of Haman. In many ways, it must have been hard to be the wife of this man whose pride seemed so fragile that it needed constant nurturing. Yet Zeresh knew how to handle it all with kid gloves and knew what to say to make him feel the ever important one. Except once, when Haman came home with the news that he had to walk the city streets leading the horse where the man he hated was riding, instead of being sympathetic, she has a sense of fear along with his friends who had gathered that evening in his home. She begins to think that his scheme is beginning to falter and might not be the best plan. Remember that this began out of anger and hurt pride because Mordecai would not bow down to him. Zeresh was smart enough to realize that this was not enough of a reason to continue to move forward and maybe, just maybe, he should let it go. This was wise counsel, but sadly, her husband would not. And in the end, she would suffer the consequences. Not only would her husband die, but her sons would suffer a similar fate. Haman was blinded by his own wounded pride and desired to get even that it cost him everything. Perhaps if he had heeded the counsel of his friends, things would have been different. We must be women who heed the wise counsel of others and be women who give wise counsel. A good friend is one who is willing to speak the truth in love, even if it's not what we want to hear. Zeresh knew that her husband liked to be pampered and told how wonderful he was, but she told him what he needed to hear instead. Let's be good friends and good listeners. We may not even know how much we will be saved from if we do. And with that, we will end today's episode. Have a wonderful day, my friends. And please don't forget to take time each day to dwell in the quiet place and just sit still in the presence of our Heavenly Father. Mm-hmm.